Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast, sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. I am Brooke Small. And I am Jesse Steffes. In this podcast, we dive into the heart of life's questions. This is not a substitute for mental health therapy. However, our goal is to make healing accessible for as many as possible. Today we are talking about control, our need for control, our want for control, and how control can get in the way of what we're hoping to do in our lives. And so we're we're continuing on with this uh, this season's kind of mix up of shifting how we do our episodes. So we have pulled a card to prompt this discussion, which I think is pretty timely in our world. So it's probably timely in your world too. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this universal truth about what it means to let go and what it means to control things, but it definitely feels very timely for me. So the card is coming from a deck of cards called the Dreamers deck. We got all these decks on Amazon. They're you, all really like very accessible and pretty cool too. Yeah, they are. And I like that they're all a little bit different, but they give us something to really kind of chew on and think about. So today's card says... I know that focusing my attention on things I cannot control distracts me from my journey. I am letting go. Mm. And neither of us are going to sing the Frozen song. (laughs) No, but I will in my head for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, so let's define what it means to control or maybe why we try to control first. And then all of the the ripple effects that come from trying to control yeah. things, right? Yeah. Um, I'll start with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for I think everybody's need to control is unique to them. Whatever whatever it is that causes them anxiety in the world or their their space. So often we consume a lot of information because it gives us a sense of control over things that are happening out in the world or we are constantly checking in on relationship because we're trying to control whatever that is. For for me, it falls more in the relationship realm of things than in world events and news and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my the way that I have historically done that, depending <laughs> depending on where I was in my life, right? But the way I have historically done that is to worry a lot about what's happening mm-hmm. in other people's lives or how they might think about me. And I have zero control over any of that. But I spend so much, I have spent so much time and energy trying to mind read and trying to figure that out that I have not been present in my own life, Mm -hmm. right? Control is about anxiety management. Mm -hmm. Where does your anxiety lay and what do you do to try and manage that? Yeah, I I relate to to most of that in the control around relationship. And as you were sharing, it was brought to my mind that 
I try to control outcome and course. Like I want things to look how I wanted them to look. And if they don't look that way, it's probably on some failure of control on my part. That's kind of the process that goes through my mind. But one of the things that's coming up too is I think it's Glennon Doyle who says that we can't trust something that we're trying to control. Mm-hmm. And this is some work that really comes up in like body stuff often for me is am I trusting my body or trying to control her? Mm-hmm. And so this idea of can I can I trust a process? Can I trust my life? Can I trust a journey? Or am I going to try to control it at every turn? And often when I'm trying to control it, as you can imagine, it's, it blows up, right? Because I, I don't know that we were ever meant to control everything. Well, we actually can't. <laughs> it's a giant lie. Yeah. The idea that we can control anything outside of us, right? When we, when we realize that, we can come into what is in our control, Mm-hmm. what's within our control for me when I ask myself that question it almost always comes back to how I react and what I create yeah right that's that's it yeah how I decide to communicate with others what I decide to do with whatever the circumstances are that I find myself in and that's that act of creation mm-hmm. do I I guess I have a choice if I want to destroy which sometimes it feels like that but mm-hmm. That doesn't get me anywhere, right? It's the the act of creation. Yeah. What comes from this. Um, but but the idea that we actually have any control outside of those two things yeah. um, leads to a lot of suffering. Because what we end up doing is living in the tension of what we wish or want something to be and what it actually is. Yeah. And that, you know, the the concept we learn about as therapists especially is locus of control. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is very accurately named because this, this concept of locus of control is if the locus of control exists outside of ourselves. An external locus. An external locus. We can't control anything. And I'm, I'm a leaf in the wind and I hope when I wake up today that it's a really good day and that the wind blows me towards great things. Mm-hmm. That's an external, right? Very, um, very hands off. Mm-hmm. Internal locus of control is identified as like, I can impact everything. Um, but it's also so, the idea of control versus impact or control versus empowerment. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what I think would be a better phrasing of that is external empowerment or internal empowerment. Mm-hmm. Who is holding um, the impact in how my life moves or how I show up in my life? Right. Not can I control all of the, the factors because we can't. Right. Right. You know, when I think about external locus of control, what I, what I think about often is how much time and energy, how much of my identity, my peace I have handed to other people and waited to see what they would do with it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like... You know, are you, will you approve of me? What will you, what will you think? What will you do? Do you think I should make this choice or that choice? And, and I've entirely handed over all of the control to some external source in my life. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to that internal locus of control is coming home to ourselves, which we talk about over and over again, coming home to ourselves, reconnecting with our intuition and coming back to what is really within my sphere of influence and control. I'm glad that you made the distinction between control and empowerment um, because for a lot of us, we have 
felt controlled or been controlled by other mm. people. And so the idea of having any kind of control ourselves feels really icky mm-hmm. because I don't ever want to control anybody, right? Right. Um, I still have tried, certainly, but I, I don't ever want to be abusive in my control of situations or people or anything like that. And so the idea of having power or control can be really off-putting to people. And so changing that to this idea of control when held well, control when it's brought to the source and what we actually have is all about empowerment. It's mm-hmm. all about saying, hey, I get to show up in my life and I'm an actor in my life, right? I'm not just being acted upon. Mm-hmm. Which can change you know, entire experiences, right? If we, and it's, it's really important, the point you're bringing up that when power or when control has been used to harm us or to cage us, restrict us, then the idea of taking any of it back feels like we may be moving into this zone of other predators or aggressors. And that's not necessarily the case, right? Mm -hmm. This is on a spectrum and it's, it's really dependent on who or what are we trying to control Mm -hmm. or are we trying to empower ourselves again, like you said, to impact our world, to impact our experience or to empower other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking through, you know, this idea too, around the function that the efforts to try to take control serve, because as humans, we don't do anything for for no reason at all. Right. So, in, and I'm, I'm wondering if you can speak to this Brooke of in your life, where do you find that control feels like the answer or at least the first answer? What kinds of experiences lead to that? That control feels like the answer, like me, me having control feels like the answer. Right. Well, I think I have two initial responses. When something unexpected happens, my initial response is that I want to gain as much control over the situation as I can, Mm -hmm. right? I want to understand everything. I want to to get everybody's input or, you know, whatever that is. But, But that's only my initial response because there's this energy flow that goes nowhere in that. And I've learned over time that when I feel taken by surprise by a person or a situation, I have to have that moment of, of kind of circling the wagons and figuring out what it is that, that's happening. But I always have to come back to what, what is within my control, right? Mm-hmm. To, and, and that kind of control to me is always the answer. Mm-hmm. What's the next right thing for me to do in this situation? How do I want to engage checking in with my control of the narrative that I'm telling about whatever the situation is? Because mm-hmm. that can get out of control quickly, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, this shows up especially when when distress is on board. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not only surprise, but when I am, am am headed towards something that I perceive is going to be emotionally painful, mm-hmm. I, I really try to control the circumstances. And, you know, when I, I see this when I work with clients too, who the presentation of their grief and why they're coming to me is because someone is dying, mm-hmm. not because maybe they have already died. And the need for control around things really heightens. Yeah. 
And that's, that's really psychologically appropriate for us because when our world is dysregulated and out of equilibrium, we need to find some sort of stability. Mm -hmm. And so I watch the need to like control things that don't even make sense, Mm -hmm. right? What, what someone is going to wear in the day or what, what I'm wearing. I need to control that because Mm -hmm. I can't control. Or my very rigid schedule, right? This is what happens at every hour of the day. That's right. And, and that rigidity can be really helpful, but I think what we're actually looking for in those efforts towards rigidity is actually an effort towards security, Mm -hmm. right? Or some of those, you and I were talking about universal needs. Mm -hmm. I need to feel safe. And can I feel safe by controlling things? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, talking about, talking about this in terms of grief feels very fresh to me. Um, And what's coming to mind is the, the last time I saw my grandmother she passed away in March but the last time I saw her was in January and I was gathered with her and my children and um my granddaughter and it was this beautiful moment and as things were wrapping up I knew it was also the last time I would see her Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to see her in person after that and I was so overwhelmed by the grief of it and the, the reality of it, that my way of trying to control, to circle the wagons, right, to control was just to, like, pretend it wasn't happening, mm. right? I, you know, I had this, this inner voice calling to me to tell the truth of that moment. Um, but I was so afraid of what was outside of that mm. that I you know, I, I told her I loved her and everybody gave a hug and we just went through this very controlled, this is what we do when we say mm. goodbye for a minute to somebody. Um, but I have a lot of regret about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I apply that to other times in my life that I've been confronted with really emotionally distressing, even tender, tender moments can be very emotionally distressing, right? Because yeah. they're so vulnerable. But when we've been confronted with that, um, our tendency often is to get pretty rigid and and trying to really control our own emotions, mm-hmm. which might not be the right thing right then. Yeah. Brooke, you talked about some part of you having a truth in that moment and calling on you. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sense of... And, you know, if this dives too deep, obviously just say pass. <laughs> I don't know to who you'll pass. But, um, but the, the reason that that really like kind of re- reverberated with me is because I was listening to a podcast this morning that talked about the question, what truth do I know that I'm not living? Mm-hmm. And it, it reckoned in you in that moment, as you said that, like there was this part of me that was calling to this truth. What can you share what that was that felt too much? Like, I can't touch that. I've got to control this experience or even deny this experience. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of my greatest fears is losing the people that I love. Like it, that's one of my greatest fears. It's the greatest joy that I have or the deep connections that I have and the greatest fear is losing those. Um, but as I've been trying to be more 
whole, right, have that sense of wholeness and integrity, I've been more and more aware of the, the voice inside of me that asks me to lean into discomfort, mm. that asks me to have hard conversations, that asks me to risk knowing that really the benefit is a deeper connection. Mm. But there's that little part of me that's like, but yeah, but what if? Like, yeah. but what if that's too much and it sweeps you away? What if, the, what if, what if you cry in front of everybody? Which like, <laughs> what if, right? Welcome <laughs> like, to my world. <laughs> like I you know I I go back to that moment with with my grandma and and just have this um I keep grabbing kind of at my chest right Mm -hmm. because if I felt that voice in my chest almost this like she's shoving me into the situation and I just kept constricting and pulling back and pulling back and when I look back on that moment I'm like what was I most afraid of Mm mm-hmm and, you know, I, I would have cried and I would have made everybody else cry in there, but that it's, that would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not a bad thing. But I think what I was most afraid of was acknowledging that I was losing someone that I love. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm answering your question, but. No, you are. And that's that statement, right? the the reality of what is happening or what we're trying to control from happening or prevent from mm-hmm. happening over and over when i meet with clients in that end of life space right where their person is dying the thing that is not being said is that they're dying mm-hmm. and i don't want to be without the person mm-hmm. right or i don't want to hold or touch the tenderness that they are leaving. I want to control everything around this Mm -hmm. so that the thing that I know is a universal truth and that is at my deepest core asking me to touch feels like fucking lava to touch. It's too much. Yeah. It'll kill me. It'll take me under. It'll smother me. It'll, it'll do too much. Yeah. Right. It will make it all true. Yeah. Right. It will make it all true. Yeah. And then, and then what do I do? Right. Right. But this idea then, okay, then what does it mean to let go? Yeah, I don't know. We should end here. (laughs) (laughs) I had all the answers until right now. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, What does it mean to let go? For me, as I have reflected on that moment and really grieved that moment especially, to me, letting go means letting go of of the control, of course. But mm-hmm. but what is, I guess, f- for me, letting go means leaning in to the fear. Yeah. Not trying to protect myself. It means, you know, th- that idea of I, I miss m- my journey. Like I, I get off the path of my own journey when I'm trying to control all of these things. And... I did. Yeah. And I have before. And I don't want to do that again. I want to be present with what is. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about that idea of when we're trying to control things, we're living in the tension of what we wish it would be and what it actually is. 
Yeah. And we're not able to make the next right choice because we're not with what is. Right. We're over here with what we want it to be. And so in that moment, I had this this inside voice telling me what the truth of the moment was and begging me to be present with that. Mm-hmm. And then I had the protective part of me saying, but but maybe not. Like maybe maybe that's not it. Right. <laughs> She's ninety six and maybe <laughs> like maybe that's not it. Yeah. And that felt, I'm putting all of this in quotations, that felt better in the moment yes. than acknowledging the truth. But the minute that moment was over, it felt way worse Yeah. because I couldn't go back yeah. and, and be there and have done the next right thing. Right. So when I think about letting go for me, it's letting go of what I wish or want it to be and being absolutely present with what it is so that I can make that next right choice, so I can listen to that in interior part of me. She's the only one that knows the next right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very similar t- for me, if not right in the same lane, that to let go in my life has meant trust and surrender. And those are two words that I think feel uh, mm, gentle and easy, but are not. And I'm thinking about a specific experience in my life, in my partnership where we were long distance and we'd had this really significant rupture in our relationship that was so significant to me that I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to come visit in this next visit. And it was really heartbreaking. But in my mind, I was like, I'm, I would rather not go. It felt better, right? With the air quotes, Mm -hmm. better to not go and not touch what needed to be figured out together because I was afraid of how painful that was going to be. And I did a lot of internal work and found some bravery and decided I'm going to go even if this blows up. I'm going to go even if this is the most excruciating, painful ending that I ever feel in my life and I'm doing it across an ocean. That is more aligned with my value of bravery, but it's going to require me to trust myself, to trust, not even to trust him, Mm-hmm. but to trust myself that I can endure this mm-hmm. and to surrender for what is in this journey for me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that plane ride was like excruciating. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine the stories you were telling yourself. Oh my God. and Across the ocean. Across, yes, right? As everyone around me snored, I worried, right? <laughs> Those assholes being able to sleep. But it it was in in retrospect now, right? It's it is one of the most, one of the best and bravest decisions I've ever made. Yeah. But it required me to give up a really significant amount of control. Yeah. And and if I had made a different choice, that would have been okay too. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the, the cleansing for us is in the looking back and saying, there was a voice, right, Mm -hmm. that I didn't listen to. And who knows, you know, when we kind of move off onto these other routes, what happens for us, but it always... There's always learning in it. There's always learning, right? Everything is our teacher if we just yeah. pay attention. And there's always learning in that. And there have been times, you know, in my life where I have stepped into absolute uncertainty and yeah. just trusted that, that that anger that was showing up and was really loud or that voice that was showing up and was really loud was moving me in the right direction, even if I had no idea. Yeah. And, and the truth is... We have no idea. <laughs> like, we can end the podcast here. 
We never know the end of the story. We may think we do, but we don't. Right. And so trying to project ourselves into the future or into other people's lives or and tell the story, we're missing out on yeah. what is, like that Mary Oliver quote, right? What will you do with your one wild and precious life? I don't want to spend it telling stories or yeah. trying to control the outcome. Yeah. I have no control of that anyway. No. So tell me what you, what you want. I mean, I think we don't know the ending is a really good way to finish. We don't know. I'll start with my takeaway. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would encourage myself and our listeners to consider is that when we are wanting control, when that feels like the very best and right answer is to control something outside of ourselves, the invitation to ask the question, what is it that I actually am needing? Mm-hmm. Or what is it that I, can I find empowerment here in a way that brings that inside myself and pulls me back home to my experience instead of trying to control the external? Mm-hmm. That's my invitation. Yeah. My takeaway in all of this is notice if you're living in the tension of the story what you want it to be or what you wish it would be rather than with what is. And that doesn't mean if what is is painful, it doesn't mean that you just have to be like, well, I guess this is just where I am. You you can experience the emotion in there. You need to experience the emotion in there. You need to be in it because that will give you the information you need to move through it. But if you're trying to control all of the outcomes and all of the people and all of the circumstances, you give up your power Mm -hmm. to change things. Mm. I love that. Okay, we got there. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. If you are interested in submitting a question or letter to the Heart of Life podcast, you can do so at our website, riverbendcolorado.com, and click on the podcast tab. We would love for you to give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. By doing so, you help us make the Heart of Life podcast easier to find and more accessible for everyone. We will see you next week as we walk each other home. Mm